Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the show where Wombat is wearing a blanket, and, uh, yeah, yep. that's that's the show. I mean, How's this cool, might Wombat? actually... This might actually be the best sounding episode we've had in a while just because I threw this blanket over my fucking head. It might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm okay. So, that's good. That's good. There's a lot happening also, right now. Also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what's your glowing weak point? I think I have an idea. Uh, we bought a house. <laughs> yeah. You finally moved. We bought a new house, and we're finally in it. You've only been talking about that for... Three months? Yes, but yeah. I mean, like... You've been talking about moving for longer for than For more that. than a year. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, a year and a half to two years. Yeah. Uh, longer than this podcast has been around. But I've been um, saying, oh, we're about to move... Uh, th- for three for months. Three months. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's finally happened, and now I'm in a big empty room because I can't put any furniture in it because we're gonna. I have to paint it before I can do that. Yep. Yep. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna paint it. These really cool. John. 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 Mm-hmm. What's the hex code? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But most of the walls are going to be like a royal purple. Ooh. And, uh-huh. And then I was telling you about the shadow boxing I was going to do. The the co- the color on the uh the material is going to be like a uh, a deep pink velvet kind of material. Okay. And that's going to go on like an accent wall and inside of my closet where I'm going to set up uh an office space. Okay. And then Your royal purple. There's there's a bunch of colors that could be called that. Is this a dark purple or a lighter purple? It's kind of like a vibrant deep purple. Okay. Yeah. It's not it's not very very dark, but it's not like it's not lilac, you know. It's not okay. that light. Yeah. Lavender. Yeah. It's like when you think of purple, just go a little bit darker than that purple. Okay. I mean yeah. that's pretty dark still though. But that and then I'm going to have a uh, like wood trim in between the paneling and then maybe like on one of the walls like crisscross it in a, a bit and that's going to be painted okay. gold. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. And then I'm going to get a fancy ceiling fan in here. I I, I told Cadence that my theme is throne room. <laughs> That's that's my theme for this room. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's it's gonna be great. <laughs> Good luck. But right now it is a single solitary desk in a corner of a big room that echoes really bad. Uh, it's not echoing yeah. on the mic anymore. You said, but I can still hear my own echo. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a tiny bit, but it's it's not. Oh gosh, it's not as bad as before. It was like you were recording in a warehouse. Right. I mean, basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically, I am. Yeah. So, what's your glowing weak point, John? Uh, my company just finished doing their first ever um game jam, internal game jam. Okay. And uh, got four games out of it. 
and two of them are really, really good ideas. So it's exciting to, like, one of them's so unique that I've never even heard of the concept before, and that's exciting. All right. Um, so yeah, working on turning those into finished products and, and rolling them out. Cool. Yeah. Excited about that. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want to talk about Doctor Who? Uh, we can talk about Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, I, 13. 13. Ooh, okay. This is the moon base. Let me... The moon base. So this is the first season of the second Doctor again. Okay. All right. This is a Cyberman story. I have a question for you. What's up? Uh, oh, I have two, I guess. How far are you now? Like, how um, many seasons in of each Doctor? Or of what whatever the current Doctor is? So, I've watched all of the first Doctor that exists as, you mm-hmm. know, episodes. I, I've been skipping, like, watching the Lost shit because I just can't sit there and listen no. to... Un, uh, unfilmed audio <laughs> yeah no i i get that um and i'm i'm part way through the second season of the second doctor so a, a little bit under halfway through his tenure okay uh the second question is how many shows from the first doctor are in the top 10 still <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question let's thank see. you <laughs> Okay, well, my my top ten does include a big finish, so I'm going to get rid. I'm going to not count that one, and go to top eleven. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six. So six of them okay. are still the first Doctor, but I will say that covers um, to the top of the third tier. And the first Doctor does not make up most of the first tier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he does yeah, make that's, up that's... almost all of the second tier. I'm, I'm going to be asking this question again further on as we get through this show. Just to see, you know, if, if, if we're in the, like, fifth Doctor, if there's any first Doctor stuff still in the top ten. When we get to the fifth Doctor, you said? Yeah, just as as we go, like, third Doctor. Once once you're partway through the third Doctor, I'll see if, if there's any first Doctor stuff or second Doctor stuff. When we're I see. Through, like, just to see if they... Like, if any of the first Doctor stuff is actually good comparative to the rest of the show. Okay. Or the second Doctor, or so on. I think it so, will be. I think I okay. think he'll keep some stuff up there. I think that'll happen. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about this. All right. So apparently, when I watched the Moon Base, I didn't think too much about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a short little paragraph here, but I, I've got enough here that I can recap basically what happened and then tell you what I thought about it. Okay. So the Moon Base is a Cyberman story. Uh, the Second Doctor, Ben, Polly, and Jamie all show up. Um, at uh, at the moon base it's the year like 21 something um, mm-hmm. 
And the moon base is used as like a, a weather control thing. Like we've developed the ability to control the weather on Earth, and they have a big satellite thing that does that on the on the okay. moon base. Yeah. Um, and people are falling sick with like a nerve virus. Uh, their nerves turn all black, but they don't die. They just kind of lay there inert. Um. And it it becomes evident that it's it's the Cybermen doing this to people. What they've done is they've uh, they've snuck this into the sugar, in uh, the sugar supply for the base. And so anybody who takes like sugar with their coffee right now has been falling um, ill to this nerve virus. And like okay. the late stage of it is the Cybermen ta- come and kidnap you, and they turn you into like a cyber not not a cyberman they they haven't developed the idea of the cybermen converting other people yet but this okay. is kind of like is, the is start this like of that the beginning of the cybermen or no this is actually after their uh, their planet has blown up so okay yeah so this is like the second or third cyberman story at this point yeah a, a lot of no no, this is actually the second Cyberman story. Yeah, because so, it went yes. um, the Tenth Planet, and then the Power of the Daleks, and then the Highlanders, which I wasn't able to see, and then the Moon Base. Because this is the first one with Jamie at like traveling with the Doctor, and actually okay. that that comes into play a bit because they weren't sure if they were going to keep Jamie around. Jamie ends up staying for the entirety of the Second Doctor's era, but okay. They didn't know he was going to stick around, so for the first couple of episodes, they have him, like, jump really far on the moon and then crash, and he knocks himself out. And he's just laid up in bed for, like, two episodes. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, Which means it's mostly Ben and Polly being the companions here, and I've said before, I don't care much about them. Yeah. But they do get to do a little bit here. Polly comes up with an idea that works really well it's a it's mixing a whole bunch of um solutions together like like acidic solutions i think Mm -hmm. um to throw at the cybermen and like hopefully one of them will melt the plastic that encases their mechanical organs and ah I mean, if you were to do this in real life, you would really just probably like, like create an acid that would eat through whatever container it was in. But it yeah. works here, and it was it was a cool idea. Uh, okay. Ben's thing that he gets to do is to tell her that she shouldn't help use her own invention to fight the Cybermen because it's a man's work. <laughs> uh, uh. I... I don't like Ben. <laughs> I, I can tell, and I can see why. Yeah, this is this is a thing that's carried through with Ben since he was first introduced, and is never like built upon. Um, he's just a very, very like antiquated, chivalrous type of person, which means he's misogynistic, mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now. <laughs> I liked this one mostly, except it ends up being like a base under siege story. And once that happens, once the Cybermen are no longer infiltrating the base, but are just like, like waging war against the base, 
it becomes boring. Um, oh. Yeah. And the Cybermen are fully defeated once again. You know, you think you will never see them again. <laughs> and the second Doctor will actually end up spending a lot of time fighting the Cybermen. Yeah. In fact, at the end of his first season, they uh, they wrote off the Daleks for good. The Daleks won't appear again for five years. So. Wow. Yeah. The second Doctor will never again meet the Daleks after his first season. Huh. And I think that means that the third Doctor might not even meet the Daleks. Although I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't think he does. If it if he does, it's towards the end of his time period. Right, it would have to be. Because I'm pretty familiar yeah. with the early his early era. Well, it also helps that like there are no Daleks on Earth. Yeah. And usually the Dalek stories involve either time travel to a future time where the Daleks have lots of space travel or uh, traveling to a different planet where the Daleks are and neither of those things happens a lot with the third Doctor. Although I will say the second best Dalek story with the second Doctor and the best Dalek story with the first Doctor both have the Daleks on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they are on Earth sometimes. Aren't those mostly time-based? Like, uh, the second Doctor's one. The second Doctor's one is uh, time travel-based, but the first yeah. Doctor one is like the year twenty-one fifty. The Daleks have invaded Earth, and they're going to carve out the the Earth's core to put an engine in it, and they're going to drive it yeah. around as a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, but like twenty one fifty is in the future. So yeah, it, it's 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 not it's not contemporary Earth. Yeah. yeah, which which is what everything regarding the Third Doctor is. It's all contemporary earth yeah he doesn't so. he doesn't get the ability the or the knowledge rather to move the tardis around for like two seasons i think so yeah he's just um, stuck there uh i'll, I'll yeah. finish this out by saying that um it's it's left ambiguous as to whether or not that nerve virus can actually be cured and the doctor and, and friends just kind of leave <laughs> the, <laughs> the Cybermen are defeated and they're just like, we're done. And there's still people laid up with this nerve virus. <laughs> oh, sucks. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Okay, now we can move on. All right, so uh, last week I played Battle Tanks for the N64. And this week I played Battle Tanks. For the Game Boy Color. Oh, you didn't just skip to the sequel? Nope. You, nope. you went for I'd the play port. Them. Yeah. Uh, Did, was that a good choice? Uh, well, I, I will say the sequel is a better game, for sure. Yeah. But Battle Tanks Game Boy Color was surprisingly very good. In my opinion, it's, it's actually a less awful game than the N64 version is. Oh, I mean, maybe the, maybe that's because they they had to simplify everything down. Did that help yeah. in any way? So instead of being a, you know, you control it looking where the turret goes, uh -huh. um, you, uh, it's a top-down game. Right. And you, you know, forward is forward, back is back, and left and right are turned to the left or right. So um, this basically and, just becomes a shmup. 
Yeah, sort of. Um, it, it takes place on a, generally a city map, and you roam around the city, and you can, uh, roll over cars, and, uh, run over, um, street lamps and stuff, and, um, That's still fun. a ton of, still a ton of tanks, and, uh, an unnecessary number of gun buddies, the, the little turret things, but... Because this game is better than the other one, when you kill the gun buddies, they drop the stars that give you health and ammunition. Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. You're not wasting it's your like, time anymore! Actually, actually a good idea! Wow! Um, also, uh, still only three tanks, but uh, and you can't change between them, but each level has a tank that you play as. And you get to play all three types of tanks. You get to play as the Moto Tank, the M1A1A Bram, and the uh, Goliath. Whereas um, before, I don't think you got to play as the smaller one, right? Nope, you didn't. So, like, it's... Uh, it's You could actually do other things. There's about the same number of items and stuff. Uh, oh, one other thing. Radar uh, just exists. There's, you, there's no power-up for that. It just it's a thing that exists oh that thank god you have yes um there's there's a bunch of power-ups like you know there's health packs and um there's homing rockets uh where in the original game you actually get to like once you fire the rocket you don't control your tank anymore you control the rocket um until it you know hits something uh this one you just shoot it in a direction and if it gets close to another enemy it'll you know aim towards it and blow it up uh right like it also there's a weird boomerang weapon that you can use i don't know where that's from but it's neat uh but yeah it was it was an actually entertaining and not horrible game uh <laughs> so i'm glad it didn't end up being worse than the original yeah, I, I really expected it to be horrible, but it it wasn't. They had ideas. Yeah. So. Some of them feel right. like they should have been obvious when you made the first game, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have been. I wasn't making games in 1996, so who am I to say? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, that's it with our intro. Let's talk about the news. How long was that intro? It was nineteen about minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. The intro, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the intro. Burp, burp, um, all right. Burp, so we've burp. got. We've got some good news, we've got some bad news. Let's do some good stuff. Like, uh, the fact that despite Japan's constant bigotry towards uh, same-sex partners... To really uh, which, everything. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're so behind on it. Like, they... Everywhere else in the world has got this, and, and they're... They recently just, upheld the idea that you cannot be married to a person of the same sex. Yeah. Like, this like, year upheld it. <laughs> <laughs> they they're they're deep into this they they really believe in this but they really uh, hate nintendo, gay people <laughs> yeah nintendo japan uh has 
taken an opposite push. They're they're offering benefits to same-sex partners, the the same benefits that uh, heterosexual couples would have. So mm-hmm. there there's parity between married peoples. Yeah. Or together to peoples. Um, which, like, I, I know Nintendo America has had that stance for a while. Um, and it's, it's good to see. It, it was, it was telling that Nintendo Japan hadn't announced it at the same time as Nintendo America doing it. But it's, it's, it's heartwarming to see that they actually are working on being less garbage of a company yeah uh it's also worth noting that um inside of their code of conduct it it does say they also don't discriminate based on gender identity which is Mm -hmm. really good for japan um yeah because as the kotaku article notes the country legally requires that if you want to be recognized on your gender identity like if you're changing it then you have to be surgically sterilized yep uh which is super fucked up genocide shit yep so at least having a company in there saying we recognize you uh and we won't discriminate against you that's good and a pretty big company at that yeah like nintendo is no small (laughs) anything yeah Yeah. um all right then let's let's switch to some funny news um hey do you remember anthem (laughs) what's that uh, Anthem. It was the Destiny killer. Remember? Oh yeah, it was going to yeah. take over Destiny 2's entire player base. And uh huh, yeah. I think you could fly uh, in that one, but I think you can fly in Destiny also. No, well, I mean, you can hover, but like you can fly in Anthem. Yeah, you Anthem's can... a genuinely Anthem is a really really cool looking concept. It's a really cool concept. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Now it's worth a penny. Yeah, GameStop has priced... Or some GameStops have started to price their uh, copies of Anthem at a single penny. Which uh, yeah. some clerks will even cover for you if you want a copy of it. Um, yeah, they're just... They're trying to... They're, they're going to trash it. Like they're they're just gonna throw them all away. Yeah, like the this is company policy basically for when they're getting ready to trash an, a a whole bunch of the same game. They'll just yeah. they'll drop it down to nothing to just get it off shelves as much as possible. Basically, to and, cut and, back on their uh, disposal costs, probably. Mm-hmm. And Anthem Anthem dropped as a uh, a full game with not enough content no and then and the i mean like the game's fully playable there's there's not any bugs uh or anything it's like it's it's a polished game there's just not enough of it there's just no game um yeah (laughs) and then uh they were they they put out a roadmap for how they were going to fix it and then ea killed it every month or so there was a new news about like uh, we're gonna have to take this off the roadmap. Right. We're gonna have to take this off. And, and oh, uh, they've pulled 
90% of our uh, developers to work on a different project. And, uh, like, it just one after another, it was just taking things away. And the, we all, everyone all knew that it was gone. It, it was, there was no recovering it. Now it's just, it's dead, dead. Um, yeah. But like like I said, EA killed it off last year. I get the uh, the idea that BioWare wanted to make like an actual game, and EA was like, "Hmm." But Destiny didn't launch very well, so maybe we could be Destiny. Yeah, T- but take your Destiny game did, and make yeah. it Destiny. <laughs> yeah, but but like even the thing is like Destiny didn't launch very well, so we should make Destiny. And so they released Anthem, and Anthem didn't release very well. Right. So instead of instead of doing what Destiny did and doubled down on it and worked their asses off and and were completely transparent with their um, uh, purchasers, they just uh, canceled it. And, and this is really just endemic to the whole live service model of fucking yeah. games like you put out a, a half-cocked barely developed product and you expect people to be like oh i'll stick around for three years to see if this ever gets good like square enix did this with the uh, marvel's avengers game that nobody yeah. cares about fucking uh platinum just did it with babylon's fall which is has dropped to zero players yeah (laughs) but Uh. like the 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 problem with these games is that if you release something that isn't finished and you expect it to take up a whole bunch of a person's life then nobody's going to play it and it won't take up any of their life yeah like (laughs) destiny destiny only really stuck around because it was one of the first ones to do this And they had Bungie behind them. And people were like, well, it's Bungie, so I'll stick around and see if they can do something with it. Yeah, and and again, like, the main reason why people did stick around, because a lot of people left. Yeah. Destiny 2 is a failure at launch. Like, there's no beating around the bush with it. It was a failure of a game. Both it and Um, Destiny. Destiny and Destiny 2, like... Yeah, they're, they're bad launches, failures of games, but they, as a company, are completely transparent about their design. So they're they're like, all right, we fucked up, we failed. Like, there's not enough for you, and we are working on it real hard. Here is a roadmap of things that are happening every single week, and to to make it better. And we've been listening to all of y'all. And all of the things you want are currently on the roadmap. They might not end up in the end because, you know, this is design and we don't know if that's actually possible. Right. Uh, but or, like, or if it'll work good with are, the other things we have planned yet. Yeah, like we're, we're like every single week we are changing a thing and making it closer to what you are actually asking for. And and then they did like that's that's the difference between bungie doing this and ea doing this or uh ubisoft with their the division uh, they're just like they like every single thing week they're like here's what we're doing here's what we didn't do uh here's the reasons why 
Uh, we're still looking for feedback. Uh, we're, we're constantly trying to make things better. And Ubisoft and EA are like, didn't work. Next. <laughs> yeah, like we're just, oh, it didn't sell well at launch, even though we were trying to emulate a game that didn't sell well at launch. Oh, well, throw it in the dustbin. Let's move on. After yeah, forcing a, like, after forcing a company or a studio rather that doesn't work on these types of games to do this, like yeah. like this was Bioware. What are they doing making a looter shooter? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, and and that was the issue is that they were bad at their looter shooter elements like that's that was the problem with anthem the gameplay was great the sci-fi stuff is cool like (laughs) yeah like the plot was cool the mechanics were cool it was beautiful it just wasn't fun to play (laughs) it just it it needed the looter shooter part of it (laughs) like they made a really good shell and then missed the main mechanics right like um any other company would have done better (laughs) yeah i it's Uh, it's just a weird move and now it's dead so goodbye anthem i won't even pick you up for a penny All right. Speaking of uh, monetization, do we want to go into this? Oh, we can. This is this one's fun. I mean, not in any good way, but it's fun <laughs> to laugh about. In a uh, we're in a capitalist hellhole dystopia kind of way, but BMW is selling heated seat subscriptions for eighteen dollars a month. John, did you hear what I just said? I did, and I heard about it before, and I, I, I heard about it, and the same thing happened. I just sighed, because I... Uh... The, like, keep in mind, the heated seat function has to be in the car already. It yes, is hardware. It is something you paid for. <laughs> it is in the car that you purchased, and they are simply blocking it off to make more money. Now, is this a thing where you can... I feel like we've talked about this before because I've I've got arguments already about this. Um, uh, is this a system where you can pay more to just have heated seats, or you can buy a subscription? No. Okay. The, in that case, this is just the stupidest thing ever. Now, right, even if so, the other way, it would still be dumb. But like, <laughs> so let me read from the Verge article this paragraph. Uh, Car makers have always charged customers more money for high-end features, of course, but the dynamic is very different when software, rather than hardware, is the limiting factor. In the case of heated seats, for example, BMW owners already have all the necessary components, but BMW has simply placed a software block on their functionality that buyers then have to pay to remove. For some software features, that might lead to ongoing expenses for the car maker, like automated traffic camera alerts, for example. Charging a subscription seems more reasonable, but that's not an issue for heated seats. Other features that BMW is locking behind subscriptions include heated steering wheels for $12 a month. 
the option to record footage from your car's cameras, priced at $235 for unlimited use, and the iconic sound sports package, which lets you play engine sounds in your car for a one-time fee of $117. Uh, how how long until uh, a workaround is found? Oh, I mean, people are working on it right now. Like, this is yeah, going to be like, so easily hackable, and you should. Yeah. If you have a oh, BMW, absolutely. you should. You, you, It's not theft. You're just taking back what's yours. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. in the car that you purchased. Yeah. Like, this is this is sick shit. To be quite frank, this is mm-hmm. and games have been doing this forever. They'll release they'll release video games with like characters on the disc already, but they're locked, and you have to you have to pay the ten dollar day one DLC to get the get, get the character unlocked and shit, which yeah. is uh, horseshit. I, I what I don't understand. BMW decided to do this is is like. This is the sort of thing I would expect from a company 10, 15 years ago. Because at that time, yes, subscriptions and microtransactions and stuff were all over the place. And there was reasonable complaint about it, but it was like, this is just the way the world works now, so just get over it. But we don't live in the 10 or 15 years ago time period. We live in the today where there are constant complaints about subscriptions for things like mobile games are constantly shat on right now because of those uh microtransactions and subscriptions for season passes especially fucking end the season pass (laughs) big 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 companies are getting like just wrecked review wise over these things so like Again, I could see 10, 15 years ago, it's, you know, you see it, it's blasé, whatever. You just keep going. Now? You're like, you know what would be great? Doing that thing that everyone hates. Like, did last year BMW also decide to sell um, uh, PNGs? What, what? NFTs? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. They actually are. Right. <laughs> I mean, JPEGs? Like, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and NFT is... Another thing that, like, for maybe three months, maybe three months, there was, like, a positive look towards them. But that's it. And then after that, it was the most vilified three-letter thing since the KKK. Like, <laughs> like it's it was a quick turnaround. And then, for some reason, all these companies still kept pushing out nfts like the entire market is against you stop it and and that's not fair john in terms of time it goes kkk to cia to nft the those Uh, forget the irs is supposed to be in there as well (laughs) oh but i like the irs (laughs) they're just underfunded a lot of people don't They're just underfunded, uh, and so they only go after people who can't afford to fight them. <laughs> and that's part of the design. What are they doing with all the money they take from me? <laughs> Giving it to the military. 
yeah, but yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is just end stage capitalism shit. This, they're doing this now instead of ten to fifteen years ago because ten to fifteen years ago they were able to show higher profits and higher profits every year without having to do this. And now yeah. they've squeezed so much money from the public that the public has no money left to give, and so they're trying to find new ways to squeeze money out of you. Yeah. In order to show higher and higher and higher profits to investors. Mm-hmm. In, in this system that we've made up that we pretend can continue on forever. Yeah. And we're going to see really? more people doing this. We're going to see it, but it's not going to be good. <laughs> no, it's not going to be good for them. Do we want to end on a high note or a low note? I'll let you decide. Okay, uh, so Unity is a uh, is oh. a game development program. Uh, it's actually free for everyone, and it's it's very very nice and uh, allows people to make games that otherwise they couldn't. Uh, it's also used by some you know high level developers. It's not just a a newbie thing. Yeah, um, lots of games are made in Unity. Yeah. And the CEO called developers who don't want to monetize uh, literally every single fucking thing fucking idiots. (laughs) Right. I really loved the story because it really was just he was working with some uh, mobile game companies and some of them didn't want to monetize every little minute part of their game. And he said, what fucking idiots? Yeah. But uh, the exact quote here is, some of these people are my favorite people in the world to fight with. They're the most beautiful and pure, brilliant people. They're also some of the biggest fucking idiots. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then he was made a laughingstock. Uh, rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, as we were just talking about, <laughs> microtransactions are vilified right now, as are subscriptions and the ad system it's all horseshit and everyone agrees that it's horseshit and everyone hates it so uh doing this sort of thing is dumb (laughs) (laughs) and saying people who want to shoot their own game in the foot are stupid is also dumb (laughs) like there's a lot of reasons why you would release a game without monetizing everything like yeah. maybe you just want people to enjoy a product. Yeah. <laughs> How dare we? Uh yeah. So yeah. And, and and his his initial response was the the Jordan Peterson like clickbait out of full context. Deeply sorry yeah. if what I said offended any game dev. Absolutely love yeah. the people that make games. Creative hard work. Hashtag unity. Yeah, up yours no. woke moralists <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had to yeah um. uh well so that was like mildly good news because like he's was made a laughing stock yeah um, i mean it's fun in, uh, in actual good news uh blizzard albany uh previously vicarious they visions they made a the uh yeah uh, fucking, I think it was the Crash Bandicoot remaster, yeah. and also and they Tony Hawk. stuff from 
Tony Hawk Pro yeah, Skater they, 1 and 2. They made a bunch of stuff for uh, Destiny 2 when when they were owned by Activision Blizzard. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're good. They're good at what they do. Uh, their QA team has unionized, which is fantastic. The, the union is called uh, the Game Workers Alliance Albany. Gua. 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 Just need an R on there for Guar. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, fantastic. Keep going, QA teams. Yeah, more and, and more QA teams need you. to unionize, and then that will give the actual, like, the developer side teams the incentive to unionize, and then we'll all be unionized, yeah. and then America can maybe get on the right path again. Maybe, possibly. I don't think so. Maybe. But. No. Yeah. And of Good course, idea. I bet Activision Blizzard won't like actually recognize them. Well, it doesn't matter because they're getting bought by Microsoft, maybe, and Microsoft is gonna do it. Yeah, Microsoft has said they'll recognize the unions. So yeah, once you get fucking Bobby Kotick out of there. Game facts. The facts about the games. It's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's a game. John, we, we've talked about this book before um, because I was trying to read it at one point and I stopped like two chapters before the end because I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't like this book series either. I've, I've read the first two of the five books of the trilogy. But it's weird because I've, I, I watched the movie um, when I was a kid and I remember liking it a lot. Like a lot, I remember liking it, but then I picked up the book and I was just like, Douglas Adams is like up his own ass with how clever he is. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate, uh. I really hate how much Douglas Adams loves how clever Douglas Adams is. <laughs> yeah. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a 1984 interactive fiction game designed by Douglas Adams and Steve Moretzky at Infocom for the Apple II, Macintosh, Commodore 64, Atari 8-Bits, MS-DOS, and all the other nothing computers of the time. It was on floppy disks, basically. Yeah. But they got Douglas Adams to to work on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was fully co-designed by the two of them. Wow. In The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you play as Arthur Dent as he basically does the book, albeit loosely and only up to landing on Magrathea. Which one was Magrathea again? I don't remember. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that the planet where they're building a new Earth inside? I don't know. It's the one where they show up in the atmosphere, or they show up above it, and then they're shot down by missiles, but they turn the missiles into, like... A pot of petunias and like a space whale before it gets to them. I think that might be the planet where they're building the uh, the Earth inside it. So that's like the end of the book. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically the plot of the first book. Okay. Basically. Uh, John doesn't remember the book very well, and Archimedes has never read the book. But the game seems to largely follow the plot of the first book until they get on board the Heart of Gold, at which point it becomes a series of backstory puzzle plots involving Eddie and the infinite improbability drive. 
I really, I really like the concept of the infinite improbability drive because it is basically just like building a thing into your story that lets you Deus Ex Machina everything. Yeah, and it, and it's perfectly okay because you already have this thing set up. Uh huh. Um, that's like one of the only things I like about that book is the existence of the infinite improbability drive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And also the segment where they're inside the infinite improbability drive and they have to get Ooh. out of it. It's like when they're yeah. rescued from being in space and, and they have to go through all of this nonsense. It's, it's just like, it's really cool. I like yeah. it. The game is notoriously difficult, with contemporary magazines reporting some in the industry couldn't even get past the first room. The sentiment later repeated with Cuphead. A further example of how difficult it was is that if you didn't remember to pick something up in the very first room, you couldn't beat the game. It wasn't needed until near the last puzzle, though. And due to the Earth being inconveniently demolished at this point, you were stuck. I mean, that is just kind of like King's Quest shit, though. They're not the only ones yeah. out here doing that. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like, here, you, you need this one random thing that you don't think you would need at the beginning of the game, and then you don't use it, and you hold on to it the entire game until the end, and then you have to use it. <laughs> and you can't go back and backtrack to get it because the Earth has the been Earth's blown gone. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not a game you could backtrack through. They had to make a bypass, John. <laughs> Stupid Vogons. <laughs> and, you know, you could have known that the bypass was being built if you had space travel and could go to the the next galaxy over and check the library and the one specific cabinet where it's filed. It, it was there for anybody to find, John. Yeah. Really, it's uh -huh. your fault we're genociding an entire planet. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Despite the exceedingly difficult design, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was extremely successful, becoming Infocom's second best-selling game in one year, their best the next year, while also being third best in the entire market and is still one of the best-selling games of all time? What?! It, in the genre. Oh, okay. Uh, of interactive yeah. fiction? Yes. Of King's Quest shit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Alright. That makes more sense. Although, I would still think, like, all of the King's Quest games would have outsold it. Well, and here's the deal. Uh, this is by Infocom, which uh, means that this, w this game was entirely text-based. Oh shit. So now you now you understand how difficult it is because you don't even know if you can pick something up because it's not like it's a a shiny little screwdriver that you need to pick up. Oh it's like, shit, really? And there's a hand uh, a a handful of toothpaste lids on the counter and you need one like it's that sort of difficulty. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Based on the hit book of the same name, Douglas Knoll Adams was also deeply involved in the creation of this game and helped design all its puzzles. 
In addition to writing sci-fi and novels, he also wrote several stories during the Tom Baker era of Doctor Who and was script editor for its whole 17th season. Really? Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'll look forward to that in there for you. I'll look for that once I once I get to Tom Baker's era. Uh yeah, I don't actually did, uh, know City much of... about the Tom Baker era. Yeah, he did The Pirate Planet and City of Death. Oh, I know people like City of Death. Yeah, and then later Shada, which was not televised and only partially filmed, so you probably won't watch it. Yeah, that one's not finished, although I think they put together an animated version of it with like what was Yes, Doctor Who The Lost Episode, released 2018. Yeah. Yeah, those three were all done by him. Wow. Okay. And then he was also script editor, which in Doctor Who land means that you basically wrote the 17th season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve Moretzky had developed several games before The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, after which he gained the clout to create essentially whatever he wanted, including the prequel to Zork and the Spellcasting 101 series, an extremely horny, tongue-in-cheek adventure taking place at his prestigious Sorcerer's Academy. I've heard of that one. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard of Spellcasting 101. Isn't that more recent? Is he still in games? No, 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 no. That that's a nineteen ninety something. Oh, game. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess maybe I was okay. thinking of something else. It sounds a lot like. Yeah, it's uh, spellcasting one hundred and one. Sorcerers get all the girls, which the cover is a typical wizard, uh, young wizard though, with a cheerleader in one arm and a bikini girl on the other arm bikini girl yep spellcasting 201 with a functionally naked girl on the uh cover john 201 the sorcerer's appliance bikini girl is is a volleyball a beach volleyball enthusiast uh (laughs) no not this not this one not this one (laughs) <laughs> Not this one. And uh, Spellcasting 301 Spring Break. I don't want to know about that one. <laughs> yeah, this is not what I thought. Okay. Nope. Yeah. Is he still in games, though? Uh, He's not dead yet. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... So he worked at social media game developer Playdumb from 2008 to 2013, at which point he became vice president of creative at GSN Games, and then in November 2016 became vice president of games at King. I've never heard of any of these. You have heard of King because they do Candy Crush Saga. Oh, okay. So he is the... A, uh, he is the vice president of games for King. Okay, so he's rich now. <laughs> he's yes, he's he very is, rich yes. now. <laughs> he is. Okay. Uh, One of Steve's ideas that couldn't get off the ground was Leather Goddesses of Phobos. He had a type of game. 
<laughs> a rather lewd sex farce, including selectable gender and naughtiness. Infocom devs wanted to make it, but the higher-ups wouldn't allow it. Until Activision bought them out of their bankruptcy and gave it the green light. The Activision president, Jim Levy at the time, said of the name after attempts to change it, I wouldn't call it anything else. Because Activision is gross. And that are just, those are just the facts. Uh, I do have two other games I want to talk about. Uh, one is is the Steve Moretzky the guy who you thought I would hate more than like Toru Iwatani? No, no, we're we're getting there. We're oh, getting there. okay. Yeah, not not yet. I mean, he's he's he, it's pretty gross, but like not that gross. Like, uh, he did end up making a sequel to Leather Goddesses of Phobos, uh, titled Leather Goddesses of Phobos Two. Gas pump girls meet the pulsating inconvenience from Planet X. Listen, that's just funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, if you want to make sex games, go for it. I have no problem with that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then then here's one that you're actually going to like. A Mind Forever Voyaging. Uh, It is a polemical critique of Ronald Reagan's politics. I mean, that's pretty easy to do. (laughs) (laughs) Everything Ronald Reagan said, you should be doing not that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Except for the, except for the tear down that wall line. That was, that one was pretty good. I liked, I liked tear down that wall. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. We'll, we'll give him credit for that. I'll give him the That's one. Right. But that was going to happen yeah. regardless, really. So <laughs> he just happened to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. So you don't have any surprise facts for me? No, no, that's it. Why would I do that? No. All right. I've never done that. Let's, so let's move on. that was just the facts. That's what I said. Yep. Uh, All right, let's finish this out by keeping you accountable. Yeah, so we finally beat Shipwreck this week. Well, I beat Shipwreck. John left me in front of a completed dungeon. I walked into it and walked all the way through the thing. I was like, did he, like, not kill the boss or something? The the whole thing was just empty except for some, like, frog heads in the water shooting balls of whatever at me. I was pretty sure I had finished it. So then I wandered around for a bit, not knowing where to go. Then I wandered into the desert, and I thought I completely, like, searched it, and I found nothing. And I was like, why does this area exist? So I went to the lighthouse, and that was locked. And then I went to the city, and that was locked. And there was nothing south <laughs> or or wet or east. And then I went back to the desert, and I found a new path. And I found the I found the last dungeon. Well, not the last okay. dungeon. The, the second to last dungeon. Yeah. Uh, it had a lot of spikes in it. You had to press buttons this to, like, switch spikes. Oh. This was the desert dungeon? Yeah. Okay. Um, you had to press buttons to switch spikes. There were little tornado enemies that attacked you that I thought were really stupid. Um... Really, it was a very nothing dungeon. 
Even the boss. What was the boss? The boss was just a worm, and you could shoot the worm anywhere, and it dealt damage. It would like um, it would like wriggle around the the field, and then it like ball up into a single ball, and then it would like shoot its head at you. Um, mm. But when it was moving, it was spread out all the way, so it was pretty easy to shoot it from the side. And like I said, you could hit it anywhere, and it dealt damage. So he was a pretty easy boss. Okay. I didn't die once. Okay. In fact, I didn't die the entire time I was playing. But af- wow. after you beat after you beat him, um, there's a it, it starts to storm outside, and then you go back into town, and the mayor meets you. And he's like, all right, now that you've got all the seals, then you can open up the lighthouse and go deal with the ghost. So I, I went into the lighthouse, and it had a whole bunch of locked doors, including a puzzle where I had to I had to find the correct places to fall down the holes. To, yes, to I love the, those puzzles. To the floor below it. But see, the game had not taught me that that was a thing that would happen. Um, because most of the yeah. holes in the game, you fall down and then it deals damage and it puts you back where you entered the room. Yeah. So I assumed those holes worked the same. See, when, when you're doing this, you have to like, you have to tell people that that's what you're doing. <laughs> it was, it was poor design because I pretty much only like fell down a hole and landed on the bottom floor because an enemy ran into me and knocked me into it. Okay. That was the only reason I knew what to do. And then I was able to yeah. piece together like the holes to fall down to get to areas that I couldn't get to before. Um, and then okay. and then I reached the top floor and the, the the ghost was a little boy and he he has two things that he does. He uh, he darkens the room and then shoots ghosts at you. And you just kind of have to, like, dodge. I think you can just dodge them. You don't have to kill them all. Um, I think they just go from one end of the room to the other and then disappear. But if you attack them, then they drop, like, health and stuff. So I was attacking them. Yeah. Uh, And then he'll he'll lighten the room up again, and he'll start shooting at you with a bow and arrow. And you can block that. And then I'm not sure if you even have to deal damage to him or not. But at the very end of that, he'll, like, stand in the center of the room for maybe two seconds, and you can get some damage in on him. Okay, uh, yeah. But this basically happened three times, and each time he's, he had a little line of dialogue, which I don't remember what it was. Thanks. There, there was, awesome. It was nothing about why he was doing this. He was just mad that somebody was stopping him. That that was that was uh, what it amounted to. Uh but yeah, he, he he does that three times, and then I guess I dealt enough damage, or it only happens three times. I'm unclear which. Uh, and then he basically just fucked off. I don't even think I don't think he like broke down into pieces like the other bosses do. I think he just like fucked off. <laughs> huh? Yeah. And then it was over. And then I go outside, and the the mayor's like, "Thank you for helping us. If you go south, there's a boat waiting for you." And so I went south down to the boat, and I got on the boat, and then the mayor caught up to me again because I guess he was the only real character you interacted with. Correct. So, <laughs> so uh, he's like, we'll never forget what you did for our our island. 
and and then you sail off. Uh, cool. John, I felt like this game was a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, like the mechanics were were kind of fun, but th- there was nothing to write home about. It is basically ninety percent off Link's Awakening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. That like. Like, like you, you say the mechanics are really cool, but it was basically just Zelda mechanics. Um, but I like those mechanics, right? They're so. they're good and they're hard to get wrong, though. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. They like they put together a solid game jam game. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if they charge money for that, but I would honestly be like. If you're charging more than three bucks, you're charging too much. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, so what do we want to do next week? Because uh, we're not doing this again. We're not. We're not doing keeping accountable again. No. Well, I mean, we we might eventually, but like. Uh, that was crap. We need. We need to find something that's actually going to be good. Do you have a singular song that means a lot to you? One song. Yeah, not an album, not an artist. A single song. Uh... <sighs> That's tough. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, if not, we can do a movie again. Let's let's do a movie. Okay. Then I'll. What do I want to bring? I don't know. What do you want to bring? I don't know. I'll let you choose first, and then I'll choose something similar, like in the same vein. Okay. Um. Hmm. Most of these things are yours. Yeah, and I don't want to pick any of them. <laughs> we could always do this. We could do that. Do you want to do that? I don't want to. Let's let's save that for Halloween. As if we do Halloween episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Cause like I would, I would do this one, but I want to watch it on my DVD, and my DVDs are still all packed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, All dogs go to heaven. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not, in general, a big movie person. Hmm. Uh, movies just take a really long time. Um, like, there's still some movies I like. Uh, I <laughs> One of my favorite movies 
is the Battlestar Galactica movie, uh, which is a uh, it's a combination of the first set of episodes from the <laughs> old TV show. That can't be good. <laughs> um, and uh, just like stitched together, like like five episodes stitched together into a single movie. I mean, it's it's like the beginning of half the scenes are cut out. <laughs> no, I mean it's most of it. Um, it looks like it calls it Battlestar Galactica nineteen seventy eight. Um, oh my god, we could watch that and then also uh, the the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movie. <laughs> oh, if if we're watching that, we need to watch both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't media that made us anymore at that point though. That's just no. that's just some fun <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you want me to find you some fun shit, I've got ooh. Oh, get me, some fun to, shit. Come on. Bring let, it. Let, let me get my Amazon Prime video whatever account out and Let's do it. Let's do um, some fun shit. Prime Video. All right. Let's see. Not my stuff. Um, where is my list? My watch list. Come on. Shitty website. Right. Prime Video is like one of the worst designed streaming services out there. It is. It's worse um, than HBO Max. <laughs> Yeah. Um. All right. Not those TV show uh, movies. There we go. Um. Oh my God! They have Speed and Clue. Llamageddon. Llamageddon. <laughs> a killer llama from outer space crash lands on Earth oh, and begins raining I'm... havoc on a group of unsuspecting college partiers. I made a joke. You know about this because I joked about it once. I no, I know about it because it's been free with Prime for a year, <laughs> if not longer. Um, it stars Louis the Llama, Pinky Brainwise, and Jacques M. Feline. Uh, the other movie that's fantastic, uh, somewhat unironically, is Thanks Killing. Uh, that's under customers who watched this item, also watched, right next to Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. But I think you have yeah. to pay money for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y you have to you have to spend three bucks to rent Thanks Killing too. Uh, but uh, I I'm on a budget uh, now. now now I meant Thanksgiving as well, not the movie Thanksgiving Two or the sequel to that Thanksgiving Three. <laughs> Let's just watch a couple of shitty horror movies. Let's do that. Let's watch Llamageddon. That's yours. And what? Okay. What else is down here? Um, another one that I've been thinking about, and I don't know if it's free anymore, is um. Iron Sky, I think. Um, Is that Abed from Community? 
Iron Iron Sky is currently free as well with Prime. Uh, in the last moments of World War II, a secret Nazi space program evaded destruction by fleeing to the dark side of the moon. During 70 years of utter secrecy, the Nazis construct a gigantic space fortress with a massive armada of flying saucers. Soon this unstoppable attack fleet will swarm towards Earth, heralding the triumphant return of the Fourth Reich. What is this called? Iron Sky. Oh no! Yeah, it's oh it looks no, terrible. There's also Iron Sky: The Coming Race, uh, which goes into the Hollow Earth, and then there's uh, dinosaurs because, of course, there are. Like any time you go into a Hollow Earth sort of thing, there's. Uh, we can watch. We can watch Iron Sky. We we can do that. <laughs> All right, Iron Iron Sky and Lamageddon. Yeah, Iron Sky and Lamageddon. The what, uh. what, what, what's what's this what's this new segment called? Oh, <laughs> uh, just hot shit. Hot just, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, one of these days we need to watch my favorite movie of all time. What's that? And I think you might have already seen it because we watched it together a, a while back, but uh. Or we, I was watching it with the public while back. Samurai Cop. Oh, I think I did catch most of that. Yeah, genuinely, one of my favorite movies. It's so bad. <laughs> it's it's awful. It's so bad, but it's also spectacular <laughs> in all the worst ways. All right, so yeah, this week we're we're watching Iron Sky and Lamageddon. Okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> John, any final thoughts for today? Uh, this podcast was a uh, mistake. That's that's what my final thought was. The entirety of this podcast? Yeah, no, I meant like the, the concept from the very beginning. Yeah, that's what I meant. Ago, was a mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet here we are. And yet, <laughs> here we are. Uh, what are you looking forward to for next week, uh, besides watching these awful movies? I'm looking forward to getting the painting done in my room so that I can start putting furniture in. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's important. I, I want to make the, the house a home. Yeah. Where are you sleeping until then? Uh, the three of us are sleeping in a single king-size bed downstairs. <laughs> it is miserable. I'm sure it's hell. The first Who night, the middle. <laughs> Cadence does. Okay, we're, that's fair. We're now sleeping on it sideways because there wasn't enough space the long way or, or the like the normal way. Um, yeah. Also, the first night, Cadence got up in the middle of the night. Um, and then completely flipped around, like her her head by my feet, and we were sharing the same blanket. And she kept kicking her feet and throwing the blanket off of me. <laughs> it was the worst sleep of my life. Yeah, including the times I've been like horribly sick. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I gotcha. 
So I'm ready. I'm ready to get the movers in with the stuff from the storage unit and my bed in here and sleep on my own bed again. Because mm-hmm. before I was sleeping on a piece of shit couch, but we got rid of that when we moved. So yeah. All right. Well, everyone. Uh... If you're interested in following along with us, watch um, Iron Sky and Lamageddon. And also, next week is the week we talk about anime, so there's only 8 billion of them that are going to be good this season, so good luck with that. God, I have to and start watching anime. <laughs> no, I've, I've watched like two episodes of something so far, so I am so behind. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll... And I have to get High Dive this season, because, like, for some reason, High Dive is suddenly popping off. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Stay on Crunchyroll. Uh, Yeah, where everyone likes you. Instead, like, Funimation and Crunchyroll combined, and so the just updated on Crunchyroll is just a whole bunch of series from 2006 and 7 that the Funimation Mm -hmm. had, and they're putting it up on Crunchyroll now, and it's drowning out all the actually new shit because their user interface is garbage. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is spectacularly bad. Oh, sweet. Trigun's finally up. Hey, adding that to the watch list. Yeah, so is like uh, the the one I noticed was Gossick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trigun. Trigun's such a good anime. It is. My wife hasn't seen it yet, so there's like three seasons of that to watch now. <laughs> uh, what are you looking forward to for next week, John? Real quick. Uh, finishing one of the games from the game jam. Because we're probably going to have one finished by the next time we talk. Cool. Like, like, already purchased and on its way to us. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Who do we share right, this well, with? We'll see it. Sec- see you next time. Uh, share this with someone who uh, is cocky about how good they are with video games. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>